Get your hands dirty with the Gardening Gang. Saturday mornings at 8 on Coast FM 963. You can't hurry, love. There we are. Phil Collins right here at Coast FM 963, home with the classic hits and also the home of the Gardening Gang. Every Saturday morning, it's being sponsored by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs in downtown Wyoming. And also, over at uh, Berkeley Vale, we are supported by Doormaster Security Doors and Windows. Good morning to... Sherilyn. I was jumping in there. I'm so excited. Morning, I'm still Sherilyn. up from Australia Day. Good morning, Pete. Did you suffer from a bit of heat stroke there? Oh, a little bit. It was hot mm-hmm. down Thursday. there. I was a bit naughty. I don't think I was drinking enough water. I was talking to all the lovely visitors, all our listeners dropped in. What a great day, Pete. And it was also nice not to talk about gardening, <laughs> which we're not going to do today oh. on The Gardening Gang. We're going to talk about preserving food mm. that's maybe grown in your garden. Now, Sherlyn, you chose this as the hottest time of the year <laughs> to talk. Over in Europe, they preserve things, oh, yeah, about now, yeah. for the winters, don't they? Mm-hmm. Because they can't grow much mm-hmm. in the uh, cold, you know, climates. Well, I'm going to so pull... So why, no, no, why no. in Australia do we have to preserve? Well, well, first of all, I'm going to pull you up there. You can preserve year-round, Pete. So it's all about when you've got your harvest. So we harvest at all different times of the year. We've got summer harvests happening at the moment. And I'm telling you, in Europe, when it's summer, at the end of summer, they are harvesting similar things that we've got now. So the big one is, of course, tomatoes. They grow right through the summer here and in the north as well. So we're preserving that. So we're preserving things for lots of reasons, for nostalgia, the big one, saving money as well. And we don't want to waste things. If you've got a home garden, particularly our newbies out there, you'll realise, wow, I've all of a sudden got more tomatoes in the local Woolies. What am I going to do with them? You can share them with everyone or you can make beautiful salsas, tomato sauces, whatever, semi-dried tomatoes, all those sorts of things and have those tomatoes year round and not pay those terrible winter prices. Haven't you heard of refrigeration? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. I can get a well, I can get avocados in the yes, middle of winter here. Yeah, I know I pay about price. five bucks a pop. Exactly. Well, not everybody lives in Saratoga, Pete. Some of us in the rest of the coast, we're on a bit of a budget. It's a bit tight up in the north. I can tell you that right now. Trying to pay our mortgages, and we'd appreciate uh, some preserved things. But preserving, you're correct. Preserving was the way that everybody kept their food. But it was when the invention of refrigeration, or more rightly, refrigeration and freezing for the home market became popular and was something that everybody could afford, that's when preserving went way out of uh, vogue. But it's coming back. Gardening's coming back. All of these old ways are coming Mm -hmm. back again. And uh, look, um, look, just between you and me, I would much rather have a tomato something or another from my own garden or someone else's garden in the middle of winter that's tasty, organic, yummy, it doesn't have all chemicals and preservatives in it, then pick up something from, I'm not going to say where, those bigger places that goodness knows where it comes from. But you're a lady of leisure, Sherilyn. <laughs> you're, you're kept in a very high state of uh, relaxation. Oh, my goodness. And no, I'm thinking I'm not. you've got plenty of time. What about those time poor people? Okay. Well, it's not that hard to preserve things. So we're not just talking about bottling either. There's lots of different ways that you can, uh, can preserve things. There's drying things. You can do that in a good old oven. You can throw, look, you can make semi dried tomatoes in a. I'm right on the tomatoes today, aren't I? But also Indeed. fruits and berries and lots of different things. You can do that in a slow oven 
oven. It's not that hard. And we do have a special guest that's in the studio with us today, Jen Jones from Pickled Patch. And she's going to tell us exactly how she does it. She's a very busy lady and she has time to do it. She's got some great tips. Well, while she's setting up the food and getting ready for us, Mm -hmm. we'll play some William Shakespeare. Bit of culture, huh? Love it. Coast FM with the Gardening Gang. And Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy, Saturday morning on the coast, it's the Gardening Gang. Yay! Hey, Sherilyn, we're talking preservatives today, Mm -hmm. and I've learned a little bit so far, but boy, there's somebody here in the studio (laughs) who really knows her stuff. Jenny Jones from the Pickle Patch. Hi! Jenny's here. Hi, Jenny, and she's bought, look at all this. I hope you're hungry, Pete. Well, Jenny's come all the way down from Chain Valley Bay to join us today, and I see a full array of all kinds of homemade preservative Mm -hmm. products. Jenny, welcome to the show, and we really appreciate these freebies. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Thank you for having me. No it's problem. lovely to be here. So what got you into this preserving game? Saving money, eating really? food that I really like to eat, mm. and knowing what's in it. Now, before we came on the air, you mentioned that you grew all these components for this preservative exercise mm-hmm. on your basic house block mm-hmm. at Chain Valley Bay. That's correct. Surely you've got a little bit of this, a little bit of that. How do you put that all together at the at the, at um, your home? Sometimes you get when you're gardening, you get either very little or a lot. There doesn't seem to be much in between. Ah, okay. So you want to save when you get a big glut, which is what we call it when you get a lot of produce. You want to save that produce for times when you don't have that coming through, right into the winter time when not much is growing out in the garden but a few greens. So that, that's that's the goal is to keep your produce for all year round use. You must be going back 100 years here before they had refrigeration yes. because that's how it used to work in my granny's day. Yep. They'd get all the tomatoes that came through at certain times of the year or various other products and they were preserved in the old Fowler's Vicola <laughs> system. I don't know if you're old I enough to remember s- that name. I have several hundred Fowler Vicola oh. jars. <laughs> and still around. And two of the um, units, yes, oh, I the have them. Co- they were like a uh, thing that you had to put on the stove, I remember. Yeah, yeah, it's it? basic canning. Yeah, That's what okay. it is. Yeah, it's canning it. in glass jars with little metal lids, but yeah. So what sort of things right at the moment are you harvesting in your garden? Oh, tomatoes, more tomatoes and more tomatoes. <laughs> right. and, and what are you making? Oh, hang on, I can see something down here. So you're making... Salsa. Ah, oh, hang on. Mussels. Can you open that <laughs> well, jar for me, I, please, I Pete? I may have to just... Okay. Oh. Hey, there we go. Oh, my goodness. Very so good there's tomato tree. salsa? Yes, this is right. Mm. Now We're doing a taste test. We're doing a taste test. We're doing a taste test. Help yourself. There we it's go. It's unusual for this time Try of morning. Try some of that. Okay. Uh, now, Sherilyn, have you got any, any allergies that you need to uh, uh, no, bring up? No, I'm all right. I'm all right. There's no meat in it. There's no meat? That's okay then. Yeah. Yes, I can't have red meat. Oh, yes. So good? it's just it's tomatoes, right, lots and lots of tomatoes, a mixture of yellow and red mm. ones, and capsicum, mm. and onion, and oh, chili, yeah. Don't and you double garlic. dip, Oh my goodness, that is delicious. It is good. All right. Put me on the spicy side for me. I'm a bit of a bland eater. Mm. Well, here you go. But I tell you what, it's not uh, burning. It's just spicy. It's a mild. And what, and, I try and what, not to make it too hot so a, other people can... Is that why you call it the pickle patch, is it? Yes, I guess so. It's a name that just stuck. I do a lot of pickling and preserving, mm. so, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do, you, what do you use for the liquid uh, in the preservation? Vinegar. 
Vinegar? Yes, vinegar. Okay, Most right. of the time it's vinegar. Mm. Sometimes pick, pickling can um, be a, a, a brine solution oh. as well, which is salt and water. But a lot of the time it's vinegar. And then you put in flavouring components like uh, peppercorns, mustard seeds, uh, that sort of thing. Sometimes I blend my vinegars. I use a few different vinegars to, a, yep. to ch- achieve a certain flavour base that I'm looking for. So, Jen, where do you get the recipes from to, to make these pickles and things? Internet. Um, <laughs> well, these days, these days, yeah, there's lots and lots of recipes <laughs> online. Um, I tend to be a bit of a collector of old cookbooks mm-hmm. uh, from op shops. CWA have their own cookbooks out, yes. which you can obtain through them. Um, of they're, they're wonderful for their preserving recipes. The CDO, CWA have got it sussed. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, anywhere, anywhere, really, you can pick up flavour, different flavours, different... Okay. To do things with. I, I'm, I'm looking really tempted here, Pete, because their shot glasses have just come out. Ah, this is the limoncello. <laughs> it's limoncello. No, this is the no. orange liqueur. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, is this alcoholic? It's got a lemon yes. look about it. Oh, I feel like I should have some champagne with this. <laughs> right. This is Whoa. very, very nice. I like the fact that it's a Galliano shot glass. <laughs> it's just yeah. what I grabbed. But <laughs> Whoa, it's got a little kick in it. It certainly <laughs> does. It's not weak. Oh, it's gorgeous. <laughs> that is really nice. That warms I mean, the cockles I of my heart. I normally don't touch the booze until 5 oh. o'clock of an afternoon. <laughs> Here we are, Do Saturday what? morning. I've just had breakfast and <laughs> we're into the, into the stuff already. The rest of the show is going to be uh, great. Do you make these? I do. Oh. I make it all from scratch. How much time do you spend on this each uh, each week, so Jen? Would that be a busy life that you lead or... A um, uh, are you the more relaxed up there at uh, Chain Valley Bay where you got plenty of time in the world? Uh, no, the preserving is something that I do when I've got time. Yeah. Um, sometimes it'll take me a few days. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the blackberry liqueur, I pick all season and freeze the fruit. Mm-hmm. And then it's up to me when I make it because it's frozen and sitting there and it'll sit there until I'm ready. Mm. So I tend to do things like that. Do you use all of this yourself or do you end up with more than you need? I always end up with more than I need. And what do you do with that excess? I share it with family, friends, neighbours. I take it to the swap table at my permaculture meeting. Mm. So, yeah. Jane, you mentioned that you share things online. Where can we find you? You can find me on Facebook as Pickles Patch. Mm-hmm. Can't miss it. It's a hand-picking rosemary for the icon. Okay. Um, and on Instagram, I'm the dreaded kitchen witch. The dreaded kitchen witch. That's right. Like scary or dreadlocks? <laughs> it's the dreadlocks. Oh, it's the dreadlocks. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to go through I'm scary. <laughs> Your salsa might be a bit scary. <laughs> but Pete, anyway, well, love it. Well, I've uh, really enjoyed meeting you today, Jane. Mm. It's lovely to see Thank you here you at the radio. Thank you and now you're a certified gangster. Okay. <laughs> Everybody is when they come I'm on. I'm honoured. Thank <laughs> you. Thanks for sharing, This Jim. is The Gardening Gang with Pete and Sherwin right here at Coast FM. Oh, that nice bit of uh, liquid I just enjoyed a few minutes ago. I think it's going to play on my, my brain for a while. <laughs> Oh, no, too early. Too, too, early, early, too early, wasn't it? Oh, we better stay yes. here for a couple of hours. And, uh, Finish yeah, it off. <laughs> no, Thank you to Jen, off. who's just packing up there and taking off for the morning. <laughs> uh, preserving today here at Coast FM with the Gardening Gang and Pete Little, Cheryl and Darcy. And uh, just thinking about something we didn't raise with uh, Jen was preserving herbs. Is that something that uh, oh, you know much about? Oh, yeah, 
Yes, yes, yes. Well, herbs grow so well on the Central Coast because we've got a Mediterranean climate. That's where a lot of these come from and you most certainly can preserve your herbs and you should be. Air drying is probably the easiest way to preserve herbs. You just gather stems into loose bunches, secure the end with an elastic. There's a little tip for you because if you use an elastic, you can tighten it up as the herbs dry. Hang them upside down in a warm, dry, well-ventilated place. Got to be out of direct sunlight as well. So you can do that. Smaller uh, herbs with smaller leaves like thyme, they can be laid out on newspapers or even on a rack to dry as well. How long for you, Rick? For only a Weeks, couple of days? days. No, a few days. Two or three days is all you okay. really need, maybe up to a week as well. Now, if you like microwave uh, cooking, microwave drying, that's a really speedy way to do it. That method is really good if we're having a lot of rain and it's quite damp. So, you know, it's it's not so great leaving things out to air dry. You put your herbs in the microwave for two to three minutes, check the leaves every 20 seconds, rearranging as necessary. When they're dry and crunchy, you can store them. You can put them into airtight containers, same thing, cool, dry place, same thing with your air dries, dried ones. Now, you can do this in an oven, a slow oven as well. That's using a lot of uh, electricity, I suppose. You might be a bit concerned about that, but that is a way. You can also freeze herbs. Things like basil, parsley, dill, coriander, perfect for uh, freezing. Blanch them first and that's to kill any bacteria on them. So don't freeze them without blanching. So blanch them first in boiling water for a couple of seconds. Plunge into a bowl of ice cold water to stop the leaves cooking further. Pat them dry with a, a little bit of paper towel or a dishcloth and then pack them into freezer bags, getting out the, the air out. But you can also put them into ice cube trays and you can also make frozen blends and you can make these out of oils as well. So imagine that pesto, it's like herb butters and things. And of course, there's vinegars and oils as well. We just saw some of that with Jen. She left a couple of them here. So putting your herbs, you're actually imparting the flavour into vinegars and oils rather than preserving them by themselves. But that's also a way to extend the season and enjoy those beautiful herbs. Too much time. Don't have time for it. <laughs> that is no time Maybe I can all. use the air fryer to dry them out. No, no, no. no. Have you got an air fryer? Oh, look, I, yes, I do, but I don't really just, use why, it. Why couldn't you use it to, uh, to dehydrate? Oh, maybe you can. See, I'm not, into my, I'm not into it. I wonder if one of our listeners might be using it to, de- <laughs> to I don't know. They're I'm very not handy into for it. doing dinners and uh, things like that. Look, I got one and I'm just not, I'm not sold on it. I'm, I don't know. Maybe I need to play around with it a bit more. Well, try and find an expert on air fryers one day. Right. Challenge you, because they are very good. But that's a different topic entirely. Yeah, it is, it is. It's almost half past eight with the gardening gang this morning. Coast FM, it's Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy with the Gardening Gang. Saturday morning we get together and talk about gardening and also talk about the goss happening in the we, gardening world. We talk about the gardening Boy, is there some goss. goss. And you know who's going to bring us that gardening goss? Well, it is. It's the old MC, MC Microbe, uh, chatting in this morning with that goss we want to hear about. Help me, help me, please. <laughs> yeah, I think I've got some, some news to share. Okay. Um, Is it about Prince Harry? <laughs> Is he a gardener? Uh, no. yeah, we haven't, we haven't, uh, we haven't got Prince Harry on the team yet. Okay, yet. so you're working on it. We no. have some new ideas about gardening, don't we? Let's keep it in. <laughs> let's keep it in the plant plot. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, you've got the instructions. All right. Uh, well, have you ever have you ever been in the garden? Found a, like a large white C-shaped grub 
with a, it's got brown head, it's got six legs clustered near the head. Oh, yes, I um, have. They kind of look like a witchetty grub, but, but not. They've got legs and they curl up. Yeah, oh. like yeah, like curl, curl grubs. Mm. Um, basically, they're very, they're very special. The larvae of the, the scarab beetle, which is also known as the curl grub, because we, we want to save these. We want to stop killing them so we can bring back the Christmas beetle. Is that part of the goss today, or are we just uh, doing? Uh, we're standing up for the grubs. What's the story? Well, Australia is home to at least almost two and a half thousand scarab beetles, including uh, the iridescent Christmas beetles. Oh yeah, but yep. sadly they are all on the decline as gardeners view them as pests. Um, but they're not. Well, many of us worry that they'll they'll damage our plants. But they, like everything in the garden, they do serve a purpose. Also, in the, the environment, they prove providing food for our local wildlife, including the, the native birds too. Mm. But there is only one plant that they can cause widespread damage to is the lawn. But this can be controlled by inviting more bird life to the garden, offering water features and, and smaller grubs too. Just thinking about your comment there that uh, these grubs affect the lawn, does it matter if it's a kaikuyu or a... You know? are, they, are they choosy? Are they, are they, that's it, are they choosy? Are they choosy grubs? Are they choosy grubs, mate? <laughs> I, don't, I think they're just, uh, they just got an appetite. <laughs> got an appetite full for, stop. For grass. Um, yeah, yeah. The good news is that cow grubs, they aerate the soil and they, they help enrich the earth with compost. They stop killing, <laughs> killing our cow grubs this year. All right. uh, that's the message, okay. What's the that's bird a... life and Christmas beetles. Right, okay. The curl grubs have got to stay. That's it. Mm. We want otherwise no Christmas They're valuable. Beetles. I get it. Got to be... More Any general. more goss from uh, around the... Uh, around, the tra- around the traps. Around the traps, mate. Around the traps. I mean, another grub that, that does serve a great purpose too, one that's probably underestimated, is the, the appetite of the, the black soldier fly larvae too, which often end up in our compost. Mm. Uh, or a worm farm too. Oh yes, they can come in and um, take over six. Is it what is a hundred grams? A hundred grams of black soldier flies mm. can consume six tons, six tons of, of food waste, which is pretty amazing. And what period of time? A couple of weeks, years, months? What? Days. <laughs> Days. Days. But yes. the question is, where does it all go? They compost it, I guess, because they're, they're eating it. Um, and what they're leaving behind is a thing called scrap, um, which is essentially their, their excrement, I guess. Um, their waste. Which can be, their waste. There's <laughs> a whole another load of benefits from that too. Save the grubs. That's a good message. I like that. That's, that's the best gossip I've heard this week. Save the grubs. <laughs> yeah, there's another bit of gossip here too, gang. Oh, it's mostly for fragrance lovers. Uh, there's a new book out by horticulturalist Angie Thomas. Yates pop 50 fragrant plants and how not to kill them. Oh, there you go. Uh, Pete, Pete, that's one for good you. To know. Yeah, that is good to know. Yeah. One for you. How not to kill fragrant plants, Pete. New book. I like it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I it's like covering, it. It covers annuals such as sweet peas and climbs, including jasmine spring and summer bulbs and shrubs, mm. including roses, gardenia, uh, pani too. It's mm-hmm. perfect for all gardeners and all size spaces. Excellent. Well, with uh, my birthday uh, only a matter of days away, that could be an ideal gift, uh, Sherilyn. I think it would be, yes, uh, hint, hint. You know, all right, yes. It could be, uh, 
You need under to know. The tree, you need to know Christmas, how to. That's Christmas. No, you need to know how to not kill things, Pete. I'm, I'm putting that down. Let's have a look. Okay. MC, send me the details. My war years are over. <laughs> that's, a, that's a hint. That's a hint if I ever heard one. Uh, that's it. The goss is good this week and every week here at Coast FM with the MC Microbe. Thank you, my friend. Have a lovely weekend. We'll catch you next week. Thanks, MC. Thanks, gang. Hey, what sort of a day out there? We're about to find out from What's Hot, Vicky, because they tell me, Vicky, it is very warm today where you are living. Tell me about the weather at uh, at the beaches there. Hmm? Oh, it's blue skies and very warm and humid today. Well, that's the forecast too, amazingly. You've got exactly what's going to occur today for most of the coast. Warm days, possibility of a thunderstorm tonight as well. So that's uh, to be uh, expected. In these conditions, Sherilyn, have you met Vicky? I have. Hello, what's hot? Like <laughs> <laughs> Sherilyn? Well, I didn't want friends. to exclude you. Oh, no, that's, I was listening to you two to waffle all about the weather. I think oh. we should start talking about what's hot around the nursery. Well, what's hot in the weather was covered, but the nursery side, what's hot around those nurseries of the Central Coast, Vic? Okay, well, I wanted to mention this last week, but I had holiday brain and I forgot that Mother Earth Nursery at Point Clare has some really, really super awesome Lorax trees, as in Dr. Seuss's the Lorax. (sighs) And if they still have them in stock, it's definitely worth popping in for a look. Burbank at Erina Heights are having a huge pot sale today and tomorrow only. 20% off lightweight ceramic glazed indoor novelty terracotta Atlantis trough pots. Yep, that's it. (laughs) That's where it ends. Forest's Beach Garden Centre have got, and are you ready for this? This is what they've got. Na 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 na. Bat plants. Bat plants. Bat plants. Bat plants. Yeah. I'm not excited yet. Oh, what? <laughs> I don't know what they are. Oh, my mother's listening in cans and she's probably going, yes, they're so Yes, Sherilyn's mum is the champion bat plant grower. My mum is. My mum <laughs> is. But you I must hurry because they always sell really fast. And mm. YE Nursery have got custard apple trees in stock. <gasps> custard I know apple them. trees. Ooh. And they're fairly tropical too, aren't they? They are. Mm, very no, you got tropical. that. You got that. What about what's hot at the, uh, you know, the sponsor who's paying the bills here, Narara Valley Nursery? <laughs> Let's not forget them, Vic. Well, speaking of tropical, our what's hot this week is tropical fruit trees. It's a total summer vibe at the nursery and it's a great time to plant them in the garden. Mm-hmm. We've got fajoas, figs, pomegranates, mulberries, star fruit, mangoes, avocado and dragon fruit. Yum! Oh, yum! <laughs> it's a very positive day today. It's a really I must positive. say, there's value galore. It's hot, it's hot. <laughs> Get excited! It's With the kids going back to school on Monday, all these people who look after the kids. I've got all this time to play with their preservatives yeah. and their plants. And they could be buying those fruit trees, Pete, and then they could be putting them in and then making jam afterwards. Exactly. There's another way to preserve things. What a combination. Yes. So That's on the right. basis of uh, positivity, Vicky, what's mm-hmm. not so hot? What is? Let's counteract these positive moments with the things that aren't so good in the garden. Yes, yeah. let's not stay so happy. So not hot. This week is powdery mildew, Mm. and it's prolific with all this heat and humidity, which we kind of are enjoying, but the plants are not because they're getting covered with this powdery sort of 
How would you describe it, Cheryl? It's like a white oh, grey like powder. It looks like talcum powder. That's what it looks like. If you go out it to does. your leaves, it looks like talcum powder all over your leaves. Uh, and it's yeah. really... Yeah, it's really common on cucumber and pumpkin vines mm-hmm, for some reason. Mm-hmm. Ensuring adequate spacing and thinning out the foliage will help to prevent this. But if you are a victim, don't despair because you can just drop into your local garden centre and get some eco-fungicide. Or you can mix your own concoction of bicarb soda, liquid soap and water. And you can Google that, you yeah. know, powdery mildew. I'll make it for nothing. That's it. And make it for nothing, yes. yes. Well, you've got to go get the ingredients. But you, you have to get on it really quick because it spreads like wildflower and it will kill the plants as well, Vicky. So that's a yeah, that's a that's a good one to tell people about. Okay, it's a fungi-free yeah. show today, folks. Now, <laughs> let's uh, think about this uh, magnificent uh, Coast FM Gardening Gang game where Vicky is ahead of me by three points. That's right, that's is right. Is it a fib or a fib? That's right. <laughs> is it a plant fact or fib? Get your thinking hats on, Coasties. Play along at home. I don't know what you're score is, you've got to let me know. Alright, we're talking about preserving this week. So canning, 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 canning. We were talking about canning things. Let's talk about where it was invented. I'm going to tell you the story, alright, and you're going to tell me if it's a fact or a fib. Mm-hmm. Canning is a way of preserving food and it was pioneered in the 1790s when a French fellow who used to make um, candies and things like that went, if this works with wine, if wine gets preserved in bottles, why not why not food? So he theorised if it yeah if it if it worked that way. So in about 1860, this man's name was Nicholas Apert. He was a pert guy. He tried it out with the French Navy. That's what he did. He said, well, you know, you guys are going off and doing things. So he tried lots of different things, meat, vegetables, fruit. He even tried milk as well. And based on this fellow's trials with the French Navy, that's when an Englishman later on decided, like, oh, he had something going there. It did work to an effect. Uh, And then he invented canning in 1810, and his name was Peter Durand. So my thing is... Is did the French Navy trial the first canning experience, first preservation canning experiments? Uh, True think or false? I've got this idea, Vicky. Uh, I'll just yeah. put my logic with you. I mm-hmm. don't think it was French. I think the very first canning was done by a German organization, company, whatever it was. So this is my view. I don't want you to be influenced by this because you have your own mind to make up, but I think that's false. Oh, I'm really impressed that you'd have any knowledge about canning whatsoever. <laughs> Never think about I'm the canning. Candy man. <laughs> He's the candy I'm the man. man. You hear the song? Vic? Okay, well, if you get locked in false, I'm going to lock in true. I think it sounds true. It's true. <laughs> it's completely true. So a it, wasn't, found, it wasn't a German, it was a frog. No, that, uh, had a bird had found a new and successful <laughs> method to preserve foods, but he didn't fully understand it. It was thought that the exclusion of air was pres- pre- responsible for preservation. It was not until 1864 when Louis Pasteur discovered the relationship between microorganisms, food spoilage and Ill- illness, did it become clearer and then went on to be... A German invention after that, Pete. You well, were on the right track. Not early enough. The French Navy. Uh-huh. Well, the leader board says that Nicky's got four up on me now. That's well, right. We'll try it again next try week. Try harder. Vic. Talk to you then. Au revoir, guys. Get your hands dirty with the gardening gang. Saturday mornings at 8 on Coast FM 963. Oh, yeah.
Yes, the beautiful noise of Neil Diamond right here at Coast FM. Ten minutes after nine o'clock, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy. And we're here with the Gardening Gang, being sponsored by Alan Graham's Caravans and RVs at Wyoming, open all this weekend, and also Doormaster Security Doors and Windows at Berkeley Vale. Bring in the bell ringer. Thank you very much, Stephen. <laughs> Thank you. The town crier is here. He is. Stephen Clark, well done, Steve. We know what that bell means. (laughs) Now, time to get your hands dirty, friends. And also, we incorporate with that the the magnificent uh, section that we call... Um, what to plant? What to plant, what exactly. To plant. That's, <laughs> That's right. The planting list. Time to get your hands dirty. Get those gloves on, get those boots on, coasties, and let's find out what we're going to do in the garden this week. Tomatoes are everywhere. If you've been listening to the first hour of the show, preserving them, get them out, get them preserved as well. You can pick them a little bit early. Newbie gardeners, if they're a little bit green, they can ripen. Don't throw the tomatoes in the fridge. Stick them somewhere in a cool, dry place in the kitchen, in a nice bowl or something and they will ripen there and actually their flavour will be better if they ripen on the bench than if you throw them in the fridge. How's oh, that? I've learned something there today. you go. Did mention it last week just very quickly funnel web spiders are on the move and we're expecting higher than average numbers due to the weather patterns we're experiencing so shake out those boots before you put them on and be aware when working in the garden and an extra one we've had a few sightings more than a few of the brown recluse spider in some people's gardens so watch out for those as well. Now when I'm making these things, please don't be scared. The, 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 the chances of you coming across a funnel web or a brown recluse spider are very, very minimal, but you just need to be shake your boots out and your gloves out, that's all. So it's not like, it's not like, ah, jaws or anything like that. We'll be okay. What about we'll snakes? Be okay. Oh, look, no. Well, you know, they're always out and about. So, I don't like know. spiders and snakes. Is that a song? Yes, it is. I don't like it. Okay, this week, what can you plant, Coasties? Well, culinary herbs, get those ready for the preserving as well. Beans, dwarf and running beans, beetroot, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, ca- sprouts, cabbages. Now, all of those brassicas, I'd be putting those in in seed form. It's a still a little hot to put seedlings straight in the garden. If you've got seedlings, put them somewhere cool and even put a little broly over the top of them to keep them shaded. It's There's a few scorches still on the way. Carrots, cauliflower, celery, chicory, cress. Cucumbers can go in, endives, kohlrabis, leeks, lettuce, marrow, mustard, spring onions, parsnips, potatoes. That's just the tubers at the moment. Radishes, rhubarb crowns can go in, silver beet, sweets, sweet corn, turnips, zucchinis. Lots of flowers, autumn colour time right now, as we've been saying the last couple of weeks. But also baronia, calendula, cyclamens, forget-me-nots, forget-me-nots and lots. Marigolds and nasturtiums, pansies, Iceland poppies, stock verbenas, violas, and wallflowers. I'm not a wallflower. And Pete, what's this we've got here? This is a calendar, my friend. Yes. We had a series of these last week given to us mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Uh, Clara from Narara. <laughs> it wasn't Clara. It was Clara, the president of Permaculture. <laughs> Central Coast has given us some beautiful. Now we still have a few calendars. left over. We do. We do. Now we know we've only got a couple of months of the year left. We've got eleven. We've got eleven months left, Pete. Where have you been, Mister? So they're worthwhile. <laughs> That's the point I'm making. Oh, okay. Know. No, but the fact is, this calendar, the 2023 Permaculture calendar, is gorgeous. But it also has the permaculture principles in the back. It's got a moon planting guide.
dried. It's 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 got a vegetable painting guy. It's really good, even though we're one month down, and it's gorgeous as well. So, Pete, what do people have to do if they well, like one of these? They're taking up space here at Coast FM, <laughs> so we need people to come and just collect one. Mm. Uh, we unfortunately we can't mail these out because there'd be a couple of dollars for us to mail them out. <laughs> So if you would like to have one of these and you can pop in in the course of next week, just give us a buzz here between now and don't rush us now on the phone because we've got other things to do. (laughs) But you can jump on the line, give us a bit of a buzz, reserve your calendar and uh, pop in during the course of the week here at Coast FM when the office is opened. Between nine and four. And they'll gladly give it to you. We'll put one in and your name. What you do you can, think? Yeah, well, yeah. you can. And you can phone four three double two double o seven two, and we'll put your name on a calendar. And we'll be here Monday to Friday. Well, the office will be from 9 a.m. until 4 p.m. And you can yes, pick that up. Yes, don't come in at 11 o'clock. Why? Is that when you're having smoke, eh? P.m. <laughs> right. Not a good merchant. No. Coast FM, almost a quarter past nine. With the gang, I'm Muse. Coast FM, Pete Little and Cheryl and Darcy, Saturday morning with the gardening gang. Turning our thoughts away from gardening for just a couple of moments because mm. we're going to go to the pet vet herself. Yes. Well, the pet vet nurse. So, Here is Tanya. Tanya. Hello. Hi, guys. Good morning. Feeling good, Tan? Well, it's a gorgeous day to be alive today. Uh, Today's discussion will spring on you uh, without any notification at all. It's all about uh, the names we give to our pets. Now, I'm aware that Sherilyn's got this this mutt called Sailor. He is not a mutt. uh, No, that's an appropriate name for a dog, but it is for a seaman. And uh, what about your cat? What do you name your cat? What's my cat's name? Yeah. Indeed. Levi. His name is Levi. That's right. That's a beautiful name. Two easy syllables to remember. Uh, So in your experience as a pet vet nurse, what are the appropriate Mm. names to give to to dogs or cats today? Is there a a preferred approach to naming a pet or is it just pick one you like? It's really funny because people give their pets a name but then the name always, there's always a nickname yes. and then a nickname to a, nick, a nickname. Oh, that's true. That's so, true. So they always end up being called something totally different to their name. Um, so, for example, my cat Levi, mm-hmm. he gets Lee or Lily or... Or James. Ben, Maybe James. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Sailor gets called Sails. That's what I call really, him. Really? Sails. Or he's yeah. white. Here we go. I call him Potato Head. Yeah. <laughs> because he's yeah. white. Yeah. I go, come on, Potato Head. Because I just think he looks like a big potato. Well, we're famous in Australia for shortening names. So is that confusing to the, the pet if we give them a different name to what they've been used to? I, I imagine it must be very confusing. I don't think so. Um, you know, one thing I actually do love is if we get a stray dog that comes in and, you know, we look up their microchip number mm. and then on the on the microchip, you know, on the computer, we see their name mm-hmm. and I sort of go out, I find out their name, I go out the front and then I might call Rocky and then they turn around and they're like, oh, you know my name. Ah, and then they run straight okay. to me. <laughs> So they're smart oh, enough to pick up. Thing. Yeah. No, I've noticed that with dogs. Dad. People say to my dog when I'm walking along, like, hello, Sailor. And he's like, oh, 
You have a well-known media profile <laughs> He's more famous on the Central UP. Coast yeah, and your dog is. is just as famous. He is. <laughs> so what sort of names may be uh, confusing to an animal? Tan, what do you oh. reckon? Yeah, look, I definitely think if you're trying to train a dog, giving your dog a name that rhymes with, say, no, for example, mm-hmm. um, isn't perhaps the smartest thing to do. Uh, like Joe? So, or Noah. If you say Noah, it'll be like, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. That's a good point, Tan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, um, perhaps a name that rhymes with, with walk or, or mm-hmm. you know, something something that you're, I mean, I don't know what name would be. It'll be getting excited all the time. Dork. Dork. <laughs> I'm sure there's a dork out there somewhere. I'm <laughs> sure there is. It's Australia. It'll have to be. They say, never, never oh. name your dog Chuck. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of names, a lot of names that I could never ever yeah. call my child if I was to ever have children because mm. I just I'm like oh Bella no that's a so that's many a, dogs that's a staffy yeah. <laughs> There's like there's this point Frankie no that's gone there's so many names yeah. that I just I just could never. Do you know what, Charlie? I just have a thing. I never call animals like human yeah, names. Actually. I just, I don't like it. I just, I don't, and I know I'm, I'm going to be unpopular because there's so many, but I'm like, animals and people names do not mix. I've always but had. you see, you've got <laughs> a connection. Your husband was a sailing, sailor yeah. boy, so you call him sailor. Oh, I just and thought because he was And you call the dog white. sailor boy. No, that's not, well, he was white and it just reminded me more ah. of a sailor uniform. That's what I thought. I thought that looks like a sailor uniform to me. Well, it's probably because my husband was in the Navy. Well, yes, well, true. Well, Tan, how did Levi come about, Tanya? Um, you know, I just had to, I had him for a little while. I got him as a kitten from the RSPCA and it just sort of suited him. His real name is Leviticus. Oh, <laughs> oh there you we go. Got a biblical name, okay. <laughs> and, then, and then when I write, when I write about him, because I, I write children's stories, mm-hmm. um, I call him Levi the Brave. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. So, Tanya, talking about common names and good names to, to give our pets. <laughs> what would be the most common names for a dog that you've come across? Ruff? Bella. Bella. Oh, Bella. Bella. Yeah. Bella, what, what about for Bella's? It's a beautiful name. A be- Bella's a beautiful name. Mm. That's our um, grandkids' name. Mm. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous name. But, yeah, I know so many dogs named Bella. Um, boy dogs, probably Charlie. But then oh. Charlie's popular for... Charlie's popular for girls as well. So what would be the popular names for cats there, Tanya? Um, probably Max. Max is pretty popular for Max cats. Max the cat. I can, oh, right. Oh, that's yeah. it. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Not, the, not, actually, not uh, I, Snappy Tom. <laughs> Tom cat. No, probably, I do love it when I, I come across cats with, with human names, like um, um, there was a cat in hospital... Um, just the other day, and his name was Roger. Roger! <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, I love that. Okay. Well, that is good. My... Tanya, thank you for your time this morning. Thanks, Tanya. How to name your dog and cat. We'll catch you next week, Tanya, with more from the pets on Parade. Thanks, guys. With the Gardening Gang, Coast FM. What a great track from the classic hits at Coast FM, Lying Eyes and the Eagles. 
It's coming up to 9.45. Lisa's on after 11 o'clock and after 10 as well mm. with the What's On for the weekend. Normally at this time we have a little program about property report because Lachlan couldn't make it today. We brought another gentleman in to talk about the properties. His name is Jared and uh, he is in fact staying at Sherilyn's place because Jared is... The son of he Sherilyn. Good day, Jared. Son. Hello, Jared. Morning. Okay, mate. Now, what I want you to do is a critique <laughs> of the Darcy Garden. We, we we all know she's an expert, but I want to know if, in your opinion, it's a good garden or a crap garden. What do you reckon? Uh, in my expert opinion, uh, I think it's a pretty good garden. Pretty uh, good. Nah, it's the best garden I've seen. Okay, there you go. Well done. Extra helping for you What's tonight. The best <laughs> feature you might. Ooh, um, here. we're at the moment, we've got some chilies growing, some Pope Hat chilies. Pope Hat chilies, yes, yep, yes. Yep. So looking forward to uh, yeah, burning my mouth off with a few of them later. <laughs> That's it, nice tacos or right. nachos. He loves his nachos yeah. with the chilies in it. Mm. Or we can make some of that salsa. Yes. That's it. The preserved salsa. So all I've heard is we've got a garden full of chilies. <laughs> garden full of sure chilies. There's a tomato in there as well as there somewhere, John. Yep, uh, there's a few landmines from Sailor Boy. Got to clean up. <laughs> <laughs> That's my puppy dog. Yeah, he does, yeah, around the place, yeah, a bit. Hmm. Mm. Um, what else is growing in there at the moment? He's only a few words. He's a man of few words. Uh, I know. I, I, I think know. I've got all the words. That's the thing. I don't know what's quite... growing at the moment, but uh, I just know when you uh, cook it up, I know what I'm eating. That's it. It's all nice stuff. That's it. So I've got button squashes there. I've got some potatoes in because everyone should be uh, growing to potatoes. So I'm just laughing now because I'm going, actually, and I've got a little bit of that powdery mildew as well that Vicky t- uh, talked about on my cucumbers. I've got to fix those. Heaps of flowers. Yep. I, uh, I can't name them. Can't you? No. Named after a flower. Jared is a uh, name for rose. So is that there right? You go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give yeah. the Jared rose there. No, it, no it's a Hebrew. Oh, that's a very manly it's name. Old, <laughs> sorry, now you've only just found out. He's 31 years old and he's just I've just dropped the bomb on live radio. <laughs> so Jared is a Hebrew word for rose. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't realise that. Uh, I'm not okay. Jewish, but that I just like that mm. name. And I was like, okay. oh, he's a boy. I can't call him Rose, so I'm going to call him Jared. Sorry, Jared, mm, now okay, that the secret's right. out. So, yeah, so we've got a lot what, of native plants. What you're plants. saying, Jared, up to now you never knew the origin of your name. Is I never correct? knew I was named after a flower. And it was revealed here on The Gardening Game. There you How go. How about that? Oh, yeah. That's why I'm so romantic. Any more today that we'd like to uh, invite you to do? <laughs> uh, uh, no. No, that's it. No, that's it. He's Except. got his girlfriend here and you're putting him under pressure, Pete. Stop but it. To do what? Oh, you know what. Okay. <laughs> and that's not happening. So let's roll the music out. Thank you. Thank you, Jared. Very good report Thanks, today. No pressure. On the Gardening Gang, we've got this.